I don't think a doorknob dick shape would fit. She doesn't even say a doorknob. She says a handle. So it's like one of those, you know, when you've been at a hospital. Oh, okay. It's the handle. It's not even dick shaped. I love the board team. He's the best in the world and he has a big dick. to do right now we actually um so i'll just explain guys meg and i we found a cursed dildo but we couldn't leave it so now we (laughs) (laughs) so now we have to read these cocky books we have to finish one and then we'll get rid of the cursed dildo it um we both have one actually no it's it's kind of like it it manifests itself whenever it's really really awkward like we're talking to a boss and it'll just vibrate in our purse so loud. Oh. oh, Real talk, though. I watched the last episode of Pretty Little Liars last night, and Hannah was talking about iced panty liners. And I need to know if this is actually a thing. Iced panty liners? Yes. They're talking about how hot it is. And she says, she says, don't you know they make those? And Aria goes, ice panties, and she says, no, ice panty liners. And now I'm looking it up. Dear Lord. Do you think they just have, like, icy hot on them? Uh, I really hope not, because that would burn. Okay, if they exist, apparently something exists, but I'm going to have to dig deeper into this. So what's funny, and what goes with, I guess, cocky gates is Soapgate, which is not going to get more than, like, the five minutes we're about to give it. But did you look into this at all? No, I didn't, because I read the word oh. Soapgate and got so <laughs> bored, I fell asleep. <laughs> so there is a subscription box. Wait, that, you did tell me about this. Yes. That went out. Uh, it was like a boyfriend box. And they sent out a soap dildo. And I really hope... So it came with a suction cup? We need to throw this into reverse and back this up. (laughs) Okay. So it is a blue or black sparkly dick with a suction cup. I really, really hope it came with instructions that you cannot put this inside you. But I'm not 100% sure it did. Okay, so... Because that was what I was going to roll it back to. We all know that the... Not... We don't all know the this. The vagina because... is a self-cleaning oven, you guys. Yes. Yes, in fact, it is. Unless you have a serious infection and you have been directed to do so by a licensed medical professional, do not put soap in your vagina. Exactly. Which is not something that is necessarily taught in sex ed or whatever they call it there's another one when it's fifth grade when it's not quite sex ed but like family planning introduction that shit yes so i think the fan fiction is causing more drama now because they also put a fan fiction book and like thus they are selling fan fiction which is a whole lot of not good they put a fan fiction book in yep what is that even okay Yep, they, someone, uh, so the bound up. Cockgate. None of this is cocky gate. This is no, all related to. Cockgate. Yes, sorry. Uh, yes. So, I have no idea what's happened since, except for that I know 
if you want a refund, you can get it. Everybody's getting a partial refund, which I guess is taken away from the proceeds for the fanfic. Fanfic. What subscription service was this? I think it's called Bookish and Stuff. For teen girls, and they were like, mmm. Soap penis. So to be fair, this book, or this whole thing is a great argument. It is bookish stuff. Um, is a great argument for the whole, like, new age genre, because it is for the Court of Ro- Thorns and Roses series. I think that's the first one. Um I've read the first one, which is fine. It's pretty tame. But apparently they get really into the sex as they go so along. So this, this is really like new adult versus yeah, young adult. Right. So it's marketed as young adult, but it is not young adult at all. And apparently has a lot more sex than the book we are currently reading, which is very, very boring. So... We read chapters 8 through 11 of this supposed erotica book, but I just want everyone to know that it has been 11 fucking chapters of a book that is written for people to get off to. And so far, there's been a dude masturbating and not finishing, and a woman gives two unseen thumb strokes to a fucking door handle. And in all honesty, for me, this book has caused me to almost pass out more than it has to get any kind of hot and bothered because the thought of watching someone perform open heart surgery makes me very ill. I don't like needles. I don't like blood. I don't like surgery. Well, luckily she's apparently never been to a doctor's office, so she doesn't really describe anything too often. Yes, this is very true. Like, I don't think Felina Hopkins has ever received any medical treatment in her life. I mean, to be fair, the... Medical insurance world is shitty and most Don't millennials. Don't you love when she takes a second in her erotica book to tell us what she thinks through her character about the insurance world? That was... Oh god, I, I forget about that's that. That's what I look for in my erotica. I really want the author to have strong opinions about health insurance because she's the person I want to hear about this from. Exactly. That nothing gets me hot and bothered, which is why I spend most of my days in my insurance position, just like reading contracts, unable to work. Yeah. Just looking through and being exactly. like, mm, yeah, they're not going to get the payout because they didn't have the right kind of insurance. Flood insurance only covers natural disasters, not sewage issues. Mm. That is my own personal version of BDSM, guys. You figured me <laughs> it out. There probably is someone somewhere whose kink is, like, turning people down for insurance claims. So, let's start with chapter 8, which is Elizabeth. This is the closest we have gotten to sex this entire time. So, she, Caden has decided he's going to stop being an incredibly negligent doctor and go the fuck home at the end of his shift. Yep. And Elizabeth is really upset about this because she kind of enjoyed the thing where, you know, he was a bad doctor, but also they flirted. Yep. She likes being around him. She just she just loves being around him because he's so pleasant and deep. It's There's so but many... it's... Okay, real quick. Let's it's just... awkward as fuck, right? Let's, like, all let's of like this. recap by trying to name three things about these characters. Okay. So Elizabeth is incredibly intelligent. We were told she graduated early, went to college early. 
Very even killed. And... Driven? That works. Driven works. So she's actually a fairly well-fleshed-out character, which is one of the reasons why I find her attraction to Caden so weird, because I can't name anything about him. Caden is obnoxious. His sense of humor seems to be, huh, I'm a bro. Seems to get obsession and hard work confused. Apparently doesn't sleep. Not at all. Which, yeah. Likes to work out? Oh, that's right. Won't eat donuts. Sleeps with randos. Narcissistic? Can we call him narcissistic if you have a mirror on your ceiling? If you have a mirror above your above your bed and you masturbate while looking at yourself in it, yes, I would say that the god narcissist probably doesn't do that. So. <laughs> god. So I guess we gave him three traits somewhere in there. He's about as well drawn out as Cinderella in the 1950 Disney movie Cinderella. That's fair. Complete with can... blue eyes and blonde hair. Yeah. Like a rockin' bod. She's a brunette, right? Yeah. I feel like I ask this every week. So these chapters actually did something for me that I really, really enjoyed. Like, they that had nothing to do with the sex. It was, um, this Gwen, we're gonna meet this character named Gwen really shortly. Gwen Partridge, who's an obstetrician, who's a colleague and a really close friend of Elizabeth. And I actually felt like their relationship was kind of cool. Uh-huh. There was a lot in it that I liked. And then they started talking about the insurance system in the United States. They do pass the Bechdel test, which is nice. And they did a couple of times. Yep. So, bonus points there. So we, we he's decided that he's going to obey the rules, and of course she's like, kind of sad. Um, she says, at first I was fine, no, relieved, with us avoiding each other until we had to interact, only discussing mandatory hospital shit ever since our blowout. Which, by the way, that's a weird place to use the word shit. But also, was it a blowout? Like, it... Like, I know that she told him to stop, but, like, he showed up with his cousin, he apologized if it was a blowout and there was an actual fight, like, I don't know. None of this feels... These first two pages confused me the most out of the chapters we read, because I was like, I don't know what we're alluding to here. So that, what I just read was one paragraph, and then we end that paragraph. The distance nod at me, end paragraph. So I decided to confront him, end paragraph. No problem with that, end paragraph. Just a little icebreaker so we can put our whatever that was behind us, end paragraph. Like, what? First of all, I don't really know, like, what she's talking about, because then he comes and finds her. Yes. So they're walking through the hall, and he's like, hey, I know I'm done with my shift, but I wanted to ask your permission to go watch a surgery, to which I'm like, you don't really need to ask permission for that, you're not performing the surgery. And they talk about this guy, Dr. Stevens, who's supposed to be this really gifted uh, cardiothoracic surgeon. Mm-hmm. And Caden says something, and this is where I'm going to get into my theme for this episode, which is that Felina Hopkins uses all of these phrases and, like, random terms of phrase that I'm not, I, I'm either not familiar with or just don't think make any sense. So Caden, okay. she asks, why are you on such good behavior? And he says... I've been dying to sit in and watch him, Dr. Stevens. I missed him the last time he performed. This is where the big dog lies his head, if you know what I mean. I don't know I... what that means. Is that a Georgia Southernism? Nope. Nope. We're going to take a quick second to Google and see if what it is, but it's definitely not a Georgia Southernism. 
Yep, nothing's pulling up. It's all these, like, questions about, like, why does my dog have to be touching me when it's sleeping? Why does my dog sit on me? It's She's bigger than me. Because your dog still thinks it's a puppy. Okay. So, yeah. I, I mean, we're not stupid. We get what she's trying to say. I don't know that I do. I think- I'm going to be honest. I don't really know that I would say that I do know what she's talking about there. Like, I get it's like, this is the big leagues, but... Then you say this is the big leagues. Exactly. Like, or anything. I don't know. Yeah. This is where the big dog lies his head is not an expression. And I'm going to tweet at Felina Hopkins to find out what she means. Okay. So then she kind of challenges him and is like, you have to leave immediately afterwards. And she's like, can you behave? And it's very much like, haha, dom time. And he doesn't respond. She tries to, like, instigate a fight, and he doesn't really get into it. And now it's like, wow, you're both acting really inappropriately. It's weird. It's very weird. And you know what? So, I recorded an episode of Fabulous a few days ago and was talking about how, like, I kind of miss reading light, fluffy romance books that, you know, have a good flow and make sense. And thank God to all the boys I I loved before or whatever it's called came out because it's the perfect progression where like every fight makes sense. This doesn't make sense. There wasn't a fight earlier and there's nothing to lead. It's very disjointed. This is like an entire, what an editor would take and say like, this needs to be reworked. You don't make sense here. This doesn't, it doesn't follow anything. Speaking of to all the boys I've loved before, I just watched the Netflix adaptation. It's so good. And I'm not going to lie, the hot tub scene is way better than anything that's been in this book so far. And it's PG. Yep. And thankfully, they're both in real life over the age of 18. So it's okay. So now we meet Gwen. And Gwen is actually, so this actually did some cool character work. So she meets up with her obstetrician friend, Jen, and they're very much like they see each other as equals. They high five, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, So first they greet each other and they're like, oh my gosh, you get prettier all the time. That's what her friend says to her. And Elizabeth says, I have a strict diet of caffeine and detachment. When you whittle out the frown lines, everything kind of stays in place. Again, another turn of phrase. Yep. That I don't really know what that means. And I did Google that one and it's not a thing. Maybe it's something that people older than us i i don't know i don't have frown lines yet so yeah i don't really you don't whittle them out i don't you botox them out so they decide to go for a drink and then they high five which i actually thought was kind of cool and then she says and we're both pretty proud of the reaction that other doctors and nurses around us nobody sees this side of me but her except for all of the doctors and nurses that are right around you watching it's just a weird, weird way to put that. I agree. Also, Gwen is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she has been called down to Atlanta to deal with a rare blood disorder for a woman in her third tri- trimester. Now, Atlanta's home to CDC. So... Really doubt that they needed to call on someone from Chicago, particularly right. because we find out three chapters later that it was actually just an allergy that this woman had. Yep. So unless this woman, like Gwen, was her doctor and she happened to be visiting Atlanta or just moved to Atlanta or something, that would make sense. But like Georgia has some pretty great hematologists. It's not a backwards area. 
Um, shout out to my really, really fucking hot hematologist in Atlanta. That's Ooh. not a joke. My hematologist was damn attractive. Damn. Probably makes really good money, too. It's not too late, Meg. You can move back and get married and just podcast full time. Married, dad, so, dad band, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. One, it doesn't make sense to have someone from Chicago because unless there's some kind of special hospital in Chicago, but as someone who has had to deal with blood issues, at no point was it ever discussed that we were calling someone from Chicago kind of thing. It's just kind of strange. Atlanta is a hub that is a medical hub that actually can survive fairly well on its own. And, like, especially because it ended up to be an allergy and not an actual blood thing, I'm pretty sure somebody would have caught that. Right. Now, not to say, like, I have had friends go to specialists in other states, but, like, that was for a really super rare disease. And they were getting a second or third opinion, and there's only, like, five or six doctors in the country that can actually diagnose it. So So then we cut to this... They they decide to go for drinks and they talk a little bit and like Gwen immediately asks Liz, are you seeing anybody? And it's really weird. This is another question I had. When you go to an elevator, what do you call the button you hit? The elevator button. Yeah, I call it the down button or the up button. I've never called it the call button, which is what she, I recently figured out she was talking about. I didn't even think about it. But yeah, you're right. Hits the call button. Yeah, I would have thought that that was like, that's something else. That's not to call the elevator. A call button is like the button in the elevator to call like the fire department if yeah. it breaks down. I don't know. It just seemed weird. There's there's like a lot of really weird turns of phrase. I'll, I have notes on most of them. We cut to this next bit. And this is actually the only point in the book where things have been like sexy and tense so far. She goes well, wait. with... Yeah. Go ahead. She does ask if Elizabeth see anybody. We do learn that Gwen is married and has been married for... Ten years. Years. Yes. So, I don't know. When you run into a friend you haven't seen in a while, is one of the first questions you usually ask, are you seeing that someone? Like, I'm genuinely trying to think. No. Not me, anyways. Like, that's not normally... I mean, like, I'm, I'm usually probably curious, and, like, if it comes up naturally, but... It's, there's so yeah. much room for it to be, like, a sad conversation. Exactly. Like, it's something, like, I'm trying to think one of my oldest friends, like, if I ran into her tomorrow, how quickly. But then I was like, but she's also been posting pictures on Instagram. So, yeah, it would be a thing because she's posted pictures with a dude on Instagram. But that's exactly, not just a break. That's exactly my thoughts on it. Like, you, unless you're, like, pretty sure they're still together and that you can... You can be confident in that. I don't think I would bring yeah. it up. Like, even when the first picture went up, I texted a mutual friend to be like, whoa, are they dating again? Yeah, not her. So. I don't know. That just seemed like a kind of like weird thing to immediately jump into. So I, that just struck me as kind of strange. I don't think I would necessarily approach a friend like that immediately. Yeah. With like, hey, are you seeing anybody? Like, that's just not how I would bring it up. I would wait for it to come up naturally, but nothing in this book seems to really come up naturally. I am really curious if you watch... If, okay, how frequently doctors or, like, 
student doctors are watching surgeries happen and if like you have to get the patients to sign something before that like this is just me honestly being curious if like there's a surgery i've been to where there were students doctors watching that i just don't know about i feel like you have to get a i feel like you should have to get a release for that like this is my body that you're seeing the inside of now yeah i don't know how that works they're, like, sitting in this room, and Gwen goes with her for a little bit, but then Gwen has to leave to go look at blood work. So she's alone with Caden. And they start talking a little bit, and Caden starts criticizing this, like, super intense cardiothoracic surgeon. And Elizabeth calls him out and is like, that's kind of cocky for somebody who's not an attending. And Caden passionately turns on his seat to face her, moving to, <laughs> or, or pa- face me. Two chairs between us, his hand gesturing as he speaks. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Critiquing. Learning. Improving upon. That is the point of becoming a doctor. You don't mimic, copy what somebody else is doing. You learn from it. And offer even better. It's called growth. This doctor could probably hear them. This is all I could think of the whole time. Was like, you're not behind the glass wall. Aren't this they doctor, now? I think they are. It's not explicitly Explicitly said. Yeah. So I'm honestly not sure. Which is like half of her problem. She never explicitly like describes a scene, but either way. It it was enough to cause me anxiety of like, you guys are sitting here critiquing this fucking dude. And if he can hear you, like you guys are assholes. He's got somebody open on a table. He's in them. Don't stress him out. And they start, like, noticing, like, all of these little, like, movements. But the thing that bothers me the most with that that thing I just read, he constantly talks like he is a gym coach. Yep. Surgery is a science. It's not cooking. It's not... It's called growth. That's, like, something you say to, like, a 16-year-old who won't do his homework. Exactly. Like, sure, it's one thing to notice, like, hey... Maybe he has a tick and does some things weird and, like, that's going to cause issues and I something I shouldn't develop. But, like, it's science. The only thing that causes growth is new equipment. All I know so far is I don't want Caden anywhere near me. Yeah, Caden really freaks me out. So they go back and forth and they talk a little bit about the possible mistakes that he's making. And at one point, Caden has a moment that I pref- that I really like. Oh, I do see we return to the glass. Okay, there is a glass. Yeah. So Stevens screws up a little bit, and somebody says he must be tired or off. I And specifically, I see why you tell me to go home now. It's not worth the risk. And I thought that was actually a really nice moment where he's respecting her professional opinion and understanding. I wish he just listened to her, but, you know, whatever. Right. Doesn't require seeing that a man gets tired for you to understand that this is a legit thing. But okay, Kaden. Okay. And then he talks a little bit about how badly he wants to stay there. And then they have like a moment where they're looking at each other and they're being the, we stare, we're staring at each other, the veil of professional detachment gone from both of us. He blinks, feeling it. Standing up, I escape for the door. That's a weird sentence. Yep. You don't escape for things, you escape to things. Yep. English. It's a complicated language when it's not your first one. But Felina's is English. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We are glossing over the fact that he is starting to consider going into oh, cardiology. Right. See, there's all these plot beats that I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. 
But it is something that's like, cool, if you go into cardiology, then you're no longer competing with Janet. You have a better luck of staying in this hospital. Who knows who will be competing in, in otherwise i don't fucking know but yeah basically it takes away his whole like anxiety ridden issue and she would no longer be his attending so right it would free them up to uh have sex essentially yes for the love of god you know what's funny is like the first one we read i was like oh we've got a cock out right now and this is awkward and i bet you by 12 chapters in someone has had sex there's been the sex scene of that first book. But here, no. We've just no. had a lot of doctor drama. Yeah. So she gets up to leave, and he's like, where are you going? And she goes, last time I checked, I don't report to you. He strolls over with that swagger. I glance down to watch him move like he owns the whole city. As I lock eyes with him again, he smirks. Did you just check me out? Of course I didn't. Good God. Why would you think that? Why would you ask that? Because you checked him out. I mean, she totally did check him out, but like... (laughs) This is the part that kills me. She's got her hand on the door. He can't see it. She goes, of course I didn't. He gets a little too close and my body temperature rises. I think you did. Gripping the handle tighter, I give it two unseen strokes of my thumb. I like that her body temperature rises rather than her nipples hardening. I'm okay with that. But yeah, she's jerking off the door the door handle like at any moment she's gonna start moving her hand up and down yep (laughs) why don't you put it in your mouth elizabeth why don't you lick the doorknob a little bit oh Oh please don't speaking of germs oh i'm always i always joke about that whenever anybody and i like share a drink i'm always like just so you know i've licked every (laughs) doorknob i've ever seen that's good to know (laughs) so they have a moment and he's like she was like, I was surprised you were coming after me. Who do you think you are? I wasn't coming after you. But if you want me to, I could. Like, it's fine. We're heating up. There's a moment. There's some lip biting. They might as well go find a closet and start going at it. And she says, you just made a very inappropriate comment, Dr. Cocker. And then he says something wild. Well, actually, her. Well, she says, you just made a very inappropriate conduct, or uh, comment, Dr. Cocker. And he says, Myers, hate to tell you this, but it might not be sexual harassment if it's coming from the ground up. You've got all the power, and I've got none. Guess what? That's not true. Still not true. None of that was true. And I gotta ask... A full-blown gorgeous as fuck grin spreads. And I gotta ask, how is a man supposed to ask a girl out if he can't even tell if she's interested? Do you know what asking somebody out is? Seeing if they're interested. That's pretty much what the point is. Also, you ask. You shouldn't ask your boss out. Ever. Even if they're not even technically your boss anymore, he's only just considered the idea he might want to go do something else. Because it blurs the line of so many issues so many issues like if she says no he can turn it around that there's so many lawsuit opportunities here basically it's all bad just sue each other into oblivion at this point yep so she says she's not interested yeah but can i change my answer okay 
So how we end this chapter is, did you hear about the Metro accident? And it took me an entire fucking chapter to realize what the hell we meant by Metro accident, which is an accident in the city. Yeah, I thought it was like a subway accident, but then they talk about buses. So the subway in Atlanta is called MARTA. And yeah, at first, that's, I can't remember what it stands for. It's also a shit service, but that's a whole rant for another day. Um, So, but I thought the same thing at first. I went, why are we calling uh, MARTA Metro? Exactly. Oh my God. I just Googled. It stands for Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. Oh, wait. Actually, maybe we don't know what it means. But uh, if you Google it, it gives you a very racist answer at first. So that's fun. Gross. Yep. God. Love Atlanta. So we cut to Caden, who's pretty sure Elizabeth's into him. And then he says this. I mean, it feels fantastic, but no good can come of this at all for me. Brace yourself. (laughs) I am holding a flapping fish above a shark's open mouth with this move and expecting not to lose my hand. What the fuck does that mean? I get what what she means, but that's not an expression anybody has ever used in the history of forever. Nor is it an analogy that is appropriate for this, like... Are you afraid she's going to eat you? I guess, but it's like, okay, you're both attracted to each other. Which isn't great. I agree with him on that. And yeah, maybe you need to stop flirting with her. Because you know what this analogy means to me? Because at some point you're going to get hit with a fucking lawsuit, dude. He's He's holding the flapping fish in front of the lawyer and expecting not to get sued. I skimmed over the next paragraph, and I just... Can you read it? Okay, the next paragraph, which is one line that says dumbass. And then the next one. Adjusting myself. Oh, God. (laughs) I grabbed the doorknob, still warm from her touch. Where she stroked it with her thumb and, you know, moved her hand up and down the shaft a little bit. Pausing for a second, I replay our exchange and feel another twitch below. Okay. That's the sexiest we've gotten. Yep. We've got hard-ons at work, which again, in an open heart surgery, what are they called? It's not called a stadium. I don't remember, but basically. Observation room. Thank you. Small stadium. (laughs) Round room with the, there's seats that go upwards. Lanny. And he kind of like ponders it. And then we get a little bit like, haha, under and over. He's like, man, we have real chemistry, but how am I going to work underneath her without obsessing about being on top of her? That is in, you know, like the normal, like, it's written in first person prose. And then we have quotation marks, which implies that he says this bit out loud to himself. Go ahead, Oh, he totally does. And behind her. And under. And on the side. Caden, you dumb fuck. Who says that out loud to I really, really hope someone turned around and was just like, can you shut the fuck up? And then Dr. Collins walks by and says, did you hear about the Metro accident? So he goes out and there's been an accident. There's a bunch of people covered in glass. There's an old man who I guess was driving the bus, but we don't really establish that till later. And then him and Myers. Oh, I guess that would be what makes it Metro. It's a weird fucking thing to call it. 
Well, she didn't actually think it out. She was just like, it's the Metro accident. I'm tempted to be like, Sarah, if there's an accident in Atlanta with a bus, what do you call it? But she doesn't work in surgery. She works. It's a bus accident. Exactly. Who calls the bus the Bus collision. Nobody in Atlanta. So even though he's over his hours, she gives him a, a sort of taciturn, like, she acquiesces to him staying on, and she's like, we need you, so they they deal with this whole situation, and this is, this is another bit that gets me confused. After countless hours and 32 casualties later, is how he starts the sentence that's sort of the follow-up. And then, Casualties later on, means death, right? Yeah, and then later on he says, we lost no one today. Okay. So after countless hours and 32 injuries, maybe, but casualties, I'm going to Google, we're going to make sure, because this is what you do when you write a book, define casual. Hold on, I got this. A casualty is a person killed or injured in a war or accident. Cool. So, yeah. 32 people died, but they didn't lose anybody. (laughs) Oh, there is a Doctor Who episode for that. But nobody was lost. (laughs) He saves a kid because he always has to save a kid because he's the handsome doctor. And then him and Collins are being high fivey doctor bros about it, and he's avoiding. Who the Myers. fuck is Collins? Like, who the yeah, fuck is Collins? Yeah, that's the thing, Doctor Collins. Like, I was just like, who the fuck is this? Is that the other like order or uh, doctor in charge that like usually gets sent to work with Janet because nobody else can stand her? I I don't even remember who he is. But it doesn't matter, because he's barely a character. They just talk for a second about how they don't need food while they're working, which, by the way, is also a crazy way to conduct your life. You should eat while you're doing things that require focus. Yep. He comments on the fact that he loves his job, and the only thing better is sex. You can eat any hour of the day. It's no big thing. Everyone does that. Sleep the same. But spending your time amped up because you're doing what you love, there is no better thing in the world. Except maybe sex. Okay. Even in D&D, we'll get nerdy here for a moment. If you get that amped and you rage, whatever, there's a couple different ones, you are then penalized with the exhaustion. Which I think causes, like, all your roles to have disadvantage. I don't know. I play rogues where this doesn't come up that often. Take it as somebody who did what they love all weekend. I worked two weddings and a rehearsal dinner. Yep. How you feeling? I'm fucking exhausted. I got up at 5.45 today and went to work. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow. I'm doing what I love right now. I'm podcasting with Meg. I'm staying up really late to do it. And I'm going to hate myself tomorrow morning. And I'm not going to be in my A game all week. But it's fine. Until you catch up on your sleep, which hopefully you do tomorrow night. And, you know, eat a proper meal because you have to have more than a thousand calories a day. And if you're on your feet that much, closer to 2000 calories a day to sustain any kind of mental and physical capacity. Like, I get it. I get what you're going for. But stop it. Stop acting like sleep and food are not necessary things in life. 
It's just this thing where she's trying to sort of describe him as this, like, ubermensch, I guess. He's, like, this Superman character, and I just can't... One, I don't find it attractive at all. No. And two, I'm not buying it. I find it attractive when people do this, and they make it seem like it's a bad thing. And, like, that it's something that you have to overcome. Yeah. I just... Because I've been reading Diviners again, so... Is that Libba Bray? It is Libba Bray, yeah. I need to read the rest of her books. I really, really enjoyed A Great and Terrible Beauty. I read that recently, too. Four years ago. I've uh, got the second one ready to go. So, yeah, then he goes back to, you know, the best time to contemplate anything in life is after you've worked, like, 30-plus hours and you're exhausted. And this is why they say you do your best thinking at night and why you shouldn't get a good night's sleep, you know, to mull things over and then deal with it in the daylight of dawn brightness or whatever my point being you should never make any fucking decisions on that little sleep so he decides he's gonna explore the thoracic cardiothoracic surgeon thing but he says something that i found so cheesy there's just something about the heart that is fascinating to me (laughs) meg just meg just gagged sorry it was like Oh. So first he's like, the only thing better than my job is sex. And now he's like, but I love the heart. Because he's deep. And he wants to think about his future. And Elizabeth Myers is in that future. Oh. I think it's time to admit that I have a huge crush on her. Oh, no shit. So this next chapter I loved again. Because it's friend time. Dev. <laughs> I like He's my favorite character. And in my head, he's played by Danny Pudi. I like that. He's really like that. So, real quick, they run into each other, talking about the fact that Caden is definitely going to try to fuck Elizabeth Myers, and Dev's like, that's a bad idea. First of all, Dev's smart. They're getting watched by Gwen, and they notice. Dev glances to her because I'm staring. He shows no recognition whatsoever. The mystery thickens. That is not the expression that you use there. Mysteries do not thicken. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. Mysteries can deepen. Yep. She likes to mix her metaphors. She it's it's just like weird. She doesn't seem to have a great command of language. Which I guess isn't the point, but so far we haven't really had any juicy sexy bits to judge her on, so I don't know. As someone who has a name that is obnoxious when people get it the first time and think that after nearly 20 years of family guy being on tv that i've never heard a family guy joke i really like gwen's response to this she says dr gwendolyn partridge nice to meet you and the response is like the pear tree and she stares at him and says, I've never heard that before. And I just imagine this deadpan face, which is exactly what I have every time someone's like, like Family Guy, right? Or anything Family Guy, because you know what I love more than anything is getting Meg jokes. The same thing I get with uh, Eleanor, like Eleanor Rigby. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Now that. That's. But can I tell you the other issue I have with this? Yeah. Like the pear tree, it's not a partridge pear tree. It's a partridge is a bird that's in a pear tree. Yep. So that should have been like the bird. Like in a pear tree would be better. 
if we're gonna bring it, we don't even need to bring the pear tree into this. Partridges exist outside of that song, and I think most people. Oh, know I agree. That. I agree. I honestly, my first thought was like the the family band, the Partridges. But yeah, I don't know. It maybe just, I'm old. It was weird, but Dev is still the best. First, yeah. Caden introduces himself. I'm Doctor Cocker, Caden Docker, and yes, like James Bond, because I'm that good. Ooh. This is the moment at which I was like, I cannot get on board with this Caden dude, but apparently nope. Gwen is on the Caden Express. Go ahead. A smile slowly spreads and she clucks her tongue. If I wasn't married, Dr. Myers and I are going out for a drink tomorrow night. Technically later tonight. I think we'll check out that hangout you mentioned. She holds my eyes to let me know this information is purposeful. Her heels click away from us. All of this is so bad. It's so bad. And Dev, because so the, Dev is the yeah. audience. Was that code? Did she just invite you to crush their cocktail party for two? And I just laughed because this like. Is, this is where, where Dev realizes that Caden is into uh, yeah. Myers. And then. <laughs> tells him the most responsible thing, which is yeah. don't go there. So first he runs after Caden as Caden's leaving. goes, Caden, we're friends, aren't we? And Caden says, yeah, I guess so. I gave it some thought, and I think that'd be good. Dev pauses a beat. Okay, that's a little odd, but I'll take it. Thank you for lampshading this for us, Dev, because it is odd that he said <laughs> it's that. It's very fucking odd. And then they argue back and forth a little bit. And then Dev says this. This is the best. What was I going to say? He plants himself in front of Dad's Escalade, because at this point they're in the, hon- they're in the parking lot. Because I don't think you are thinking clearly. And by the way, I love this fucking car. She's way above your pay grade, Caden. And I'm not speaking in hyperbole here. She is literally above your pay grade. Remember how you told me in no uncertain terms that you don't want to fuck up, do anything that would send you packing? You turned down late night baseball. I point my finger. Midnight baseball. Sounds cooler. Finger guns. I don't care how it sounds. You turned it down because you were smart, ambitious, smart. And that's just one of the million activities that you have shot to the ground because of your dedication to blowing Enchanted Gilroy away. And he's the only voice of reason in this whole book so far. I love that you didn't read Caden's, like, dumbest fucking line. Yeah, well... Because Caden is a dumbass. Caden's the worst. Yep. And he admits that he was being really, really stupid. Yep. And then, uh... He actually, he has another really good line, which is, Caden, I get it. I do. Dr. Myers is hot, but the kind of hot that will burn you. That's a good turn of phrase. I like that. I'm laughing just because this book is fucking ridiculous. And then again, he does it again afterwards. He says, she's like a potato chip man. So, like, he's like, Caden, don't do it. And Caden's like, what about just one rub in the call room? Just one. Lol. And Caden, Dev says to him, she's like a potato chip man. Better not open the bag because you for, before you know it, you've got an empty bag and a chick and a chip hangover. You've got to hide from the rest of the staff. That's a good turn of phrase. That's a good metaphor. Someone must have read Dev's lines or wrote Dev's lines. Somebody else is Dev. Somebody is Dev. Dev is out there, and I just thank it you, works. Dev. And then Kanan completely ignores it and says, "Trouble is, I am my father's son." And Jason Cocker is famous for eating things he isn't supposed to. Well, the thing that bothered me is the sentence before where he goes, my head rocks back at the weirdness of this guy. Dev is the weird one? Yep. yep. Dev is the most on the ball. Got his head on right. You said out loud to yourself, apropos of nothing to everybody else (laughs) in the room, 
or beside her, or next to her, or inside of her, like, whatever the fuck he said, alone, in a corridor. And Dev is the weird one? Going to say this on the train tomorrow and see what the reaction is I get. I'm really not going to do that. Dev is the weird one? Dev is the weird one. This brings us to our last chapter for this read, and then Meg and I have to go to bed. Yes. So we start our first chapter in Digby's. I don't know how many chapters we're going to do. We do at least two chapters in Digby's, I think. Because this one ends in the, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. So Elizabeth looks hot. She's in a dress she hasn't worn for a year. Gwen is the good kind of friend that says, I'd fuck ya, which is exactly how my friends are. So I like it. And then Meg comes back, or Meg, sorry. So <laughs> Gwen comes back and she's like, yeah, come on, please promise the married chick that she's still got it. And then Elizabeth says, if I were into women... You'd have to watch out. I really hate that qualification. I do too. I think it's ridiculous. If I were into women, I'm not gay. I'm not gay, but you can compliment your friends. If you if you feel like you have to qualify any kind of comments, which makes me wonder, is Gwen supposed to be bi in this then if she didn't have to qualify it? But in real life... If you have to qualify it, then you need to ask yourself why you are qualifying it. Because it's probably weird. It's either there's something not great in your friendship, you're not as close as you think you are, or maybe you're questioning things about your sexuality. Because, I don't know, I'm from Georgia and I'd almost never qualify that. Yeah, I don't think I would qualify that. That just seems strange. Yeah. But then they, they get into some cool stuff. Like, they go and find a table, and then there's this little bit I like here. So she they pass by all of her coworkers, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to say hi, and then I'm going to go hang out with my friend. And I like who I am with Gwen. She always makes me feel great, especially since she needs nothing from me except good company. We're peers with no motives outside of having fun. That's a really sweet little sentiment there. Yeah, well done, Felina. She's got a good friend somewhere in her life. But fuck that. Time for Caden. Well... They talk about how the coat's not flattering, which, you know, whatever. It's a white coat. Um, They find a table, which is great. They describe chewed gum floating in a beer to let you know that the table was actually empty despite the beer bottles on it. There's a political correctness joke, which makes me again wonder about Felina's political leanings, but... Is Whatever. there a waitress or do we have to go to the bar? They have both male and female cocktail servers. They go back and forth and Elizabeth's like, uh, I said that out of practice. Yeah, the like... eggshells we have to navigate in today's society. It's gone too far. People are way too fucking sensitive. But not you. I'm not referring to you. And then it becomes, it's just stupid. And then it gets into this whole thing about insurance that's really boring. It's <sighs> not wrong. American insurance sucks. An and erotic book is not wearing system. that lecture. And it's also just, like, badly written. So she's yep. t- they start talking about how they wish there was somebody, you know, it's it's everyone's job to stand up when somebody tries to game the system. You're asking for courage. Do we not see our fair share in our line of work? I do. In every mother who gives a child its first breath. Ugh. That sounds really pro-lifey to me. Yeah, it's... Felinas, in my opinion, is voting independent with some very Republican leanings. She sounds pretty bootstrappy. Yep. Which again, 
you what you believe in is your own stuff but like as long as you're not trying to shove it down someone else's throat in erotica novels so then they decide they talk a little they talk more medical talk they order drinks she orders a dry martini this is important for the worst line in the book Caden comes in Caden Cocker and a male ginger I've never <laughs> seen before. Can we talk about the term male ginger? First I of guess all, it's at least it's not a female ginger. Don't call redheaded people gingers. No, don't. It's rude. Yes. I mean, it's not racist. It's just rude. Yep. Second of all, male ginger, I'm imagining him with like a big ginger cat. Because <laughs> I've never described a person like I've never been like, it's a female blonde. No, it is very weird to say male ginger. That Especially like considering like saying, that, like, like... This is my male ginger cat. I think every episode I've gone, is Elizabeth a brunette? And so... To basically have two characters that we don't know a lot about how they look, to suddenly be like, and a male ginger. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, God. Everything about it. So... They do the thing everybody does in a bar when they see somebody they know, and they're not really sure if they see them yet, so they're like, did he see me? No, he didn't. And then, like, Gwen is looking at him, and then he intercepts their drinks, which I found bizarre. Before that, he talks to some girl, which, of course, pisses off Elizabeth. Elizabeth. The competition. The competition. She begins her ninja spy duties. I do like that. Gwen is kind of the best. I wish Gwen Gwen and Dev basically tell me that when you get married, you get smart in these books, which is not a stance that I want to take, but... Well, you grow a personality, apparently. Apparently, but yes. Because you don't have to be entangled in a weird romantic nonsense. I guess because, like, when you're single, all you think about is, like, how do I get married? And thus you are stupid. I've just solved the problems of my life. You just need to get married, and then you can Apparently. stop wasting all of your brain power on things like stroking, like giving hand jobs to door handles. I can't. Oh. So Caden walks over, and they try to have. They try to pretend they're having a political conversation. The status of our government is really out of hand. I'm wondering who exactly is running things. This sounds like a deep state thing. It does. All, all the this- discord is harmful, don't you think? Who talks like this? I mean, we do because Who talks. No, but I would never ever say the sentence out loud. All this, har- all the Discord is harmful, don't you think? No, you would say something along the lines of "Stop fucking sending me these articles. The world sucks." Oh wait, no, that's me. That's me saying. That. <laughs> no, me is. Oh God, look at this. Look at this. This is the worst. I hate it. It's usually like, it's too early for either of us to be on social media. Why are we reading these horrible articles? Yeah, Meg and I tend to wake up really early and be the first two in all of our, like, group chats. <laughs> and then it's like, let's talk about how bad the news is for 6 a.m. Ready? Go. Which we did not do this morning. We should not do that on Monday. Is that just going to always set a bad president for the week? A bad president? <laughs> bad we already president. have a bad president every week. Oh. Deep state. Anyways. Okay, let's wrap this up because I gotta go to bed and this chapter's boring. This, But we get to the worst life. So he brings their drinks over. And they talk for a minute. And then he goes... 
He admits that he asked the waiter. And then he goes, I'm assuming the martini is for you to Elizabeth. And she says, and why would that be your assumption? Because it's dry and you are dry. I'll let you read the last thing. I turned the page. Okay. Accepting the frosty glass from him, I lift it to my smirk. Never tell a woman she's dry, Dr. Cocker. I hate this book so much. I'm just smiling right now because I have achieved nirvana. This is number 18. So it's not like I can sit here and hope that she's gotten better. This is this is the 18th try. Maybe they were really good in the middle. Maybe. I've never had a dry martini, so I have no idea what technically makes it a dry martini. Me neither. All I know is I don't like olives, so I'm never going to order them dry. But... I don't think I've ever had a martini. Isn't it just vodka? It's just vodka in a fancy or gin. cup, right? It, or gin. It depends. Mm, it's just gin or vodka in a fancy triangular wine glass. Yep. Someone's going to get mad at me for this. A lemon drop is a martini as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, that's right. So so Gwen orders a, a lemon drop. Yep. So basically, again, we are 11 chapters into this book. We have read 11 chapters of... seeing how many chapters there are... 48. I think we're going to start something called Noki Watch, where we just wait for something to happen. We're basically just on, like, sex watch at this point. Yeah. What I also learned is that apparently there is, like, a section that tells you what each chapter is about, or each book is about, and all of them sound terrible. They're all bad. Oops, all bad books. <laughs> I mean, okay, Meg, we are on a podcast about that book. We are, and... It's just, you know, it's like, it's... I'm not disappointed by how bad the book is. Like, that's fun. Like, this is fun. It's fun to talk about. I'm disappointed that we're 11 chapters into an erotica book, and all we've gotten is a door handle handjob. Yep. Which means, after the next chapter, we will be a fourth of the way through this book. Where the only sex we've gotten close to is masturbation that didn't finish. And the handle job. I'm not letting that one go. Okay, and the door got lucky. The door got lucky. It also didn't finish, though, because if it finished after two pulls, then, well. Two rubs of the thumb. We'd have a lot more problems with doors in the world. <laughs> so, okay, Meg. When, what chapter do you think we're going to get sex? I'm going to put my bets on 15. I think she's got so many more political theories to espouse. I'm going to go with 18. All right. What are we going to bet? I don't know. A bag of candy corn. I am all for that. Okay, Some kind so of fall treat. I like candy corn too. If it's 15, you mail me a bag of candy corn. And I'm not talking like Walmart brand. I want the Brock's Mellow Cream. Okay. I will do better. I will come bring you candy corn. Okay. Same. We will <laughs> do this. This is our bet, guys. If it's 15, okay. Meg brings me candy corn. If it's 18, I bring Meg candy corn. All right. And, and that if, we're going to call it because we need to go to bed. Yep. Follow us on social media. You can find us everywhere at, at Handbook Podcasts. Join our Facebook group, which is a handbook for judging fabulous retellings pot or covers. Go listen to the last judging book covers. 
which has Elle on talking about the hate you give. And it's so good. It was so good. And also go listen to Best Acquaintances in the next few weeks. I'm not sure when it'll come out. I don't think it's the next episode, is it? Uh, it might be. I really don't know. But I just recorded it. So I'll be on Best Acquaintances soon. And then you should go back and listen to Meg's because it's pre-podcast Meg and it's really funny. <laughs> yes, it is. It is pre-podcast me. Uh, but also go listen because eventually we're going to probably have some kind of crossover with them because we love those guys. And you should get to know Emily and Ollie so we can all feel like we're having a big reunion. And Emily and Ollie are great. So if you're reading along, please tweet at us or join the Facebook group and talk at us about this book because we're happy to do that. And honestly, if anybody else wants to take up on this bet of when, uh, don't don't go look and do that. Have fun with us. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to get back to a little bit of what's going on in Cocky Gate and probably the next three chapters, 12, 13, 14. Should we go with 15? Yeah, let's go with 15 to find out if I get my uh, candy corn. Okay, so we'll go 12 to 15. And if we're both wrong, we should just buy ourselves candy corn. I'm good with that. Um, So yeah, see you next Wednesday. See you Thursday. Thursday. Sorry. I'm sleepy. We need to go to bed. Good night. (laughs) Good night.